0: This extraordinary reading has all the the essential elements of the Mass in it, the the liturgy of the Word, which we're in now, and then the liturgy of the Eucharist, that we will all be, be taught by God, and that to listen to the Father is to learn about him. How do we know the Father? We haven't seen him. Jesus says, nobody's seen the Father. This is our destiny in heaven. But now we see him through Jesus. See, if we listen to Jesus' word, we have seen the Father because we're getting to know Jesus before we see him. So it's very exciting. Um, When I was in the seminary, I was taught uh, a saying, a phrase that I want to share with you. I don't normally use Greek and Latin. Uh, It's it's lethal for a homily. But but lex orandi, lex credendi, lex vivendi," And that means... Uh, you may have heard it before. It, it's really the foundation of theology in some ways. It's the foundation of the liturgy. As, as we pray, so we believe, so we live. This is it's true for all of our prayers. As I pray, so I'm going to believe, so I'm going to live. We're here to pray, to believe, and then to live. We don't see Jesus They didn't see God either when they saw Jesus in the flesh. We too have this opportunity to hear Jesus without seeing him actually speaking in the word of God, to be fed the bread of life without seeing that it's physically Jesus. And this is exactly the dynamic that's going on 2,000 years ago. The Mass is so critical for us as Catholics because this is one reason that the liturgy was renewed three years ago and why it periodically is renewed because the way we pray is so important for how we believe each word of the of the of the creed is is, is is teaching us it's catechizing us as we pray and that's why the prayers are a little more complicated than they used to be to read or to pray but we're also learning how we believe as we pray um, so Jesus the word of God speaks to us and you notice here in the readings that Jesus is not they don't understand who this is some of them have come from from Nazareth to hear Jesus. And he's in Capernaum, which is not that far away from Nazareth. And they're following him and they're saying, Now, wait a minute. This man's father made me a table. I remember Jesus, the carpenter's son. He works with his hands. You can tell by his hands that he works with his hands. How can he say, I am the living bread that came down from heaven? We know his father and mother. He's from Jervis. See what I'm saying? Uh, he went to Sacred Heart School. This is what they're saying. And it's the same here. You know, Jesus, it may look like bread and wine, but it's really Jesus Christ. He promised he would be here uh, at the Last Supper. And in this scripture, John's, this one in the next two weeks, John's Eucharistic theology, they will all be taught by God. How does God teach us? We're taught by how we pray. I just wanted to go over a couple of things. Uh, Mass is so short to do so many things. So I'll, I'll be brief. But when we come in from the liturgy, notice how the Word of God has prominence as we come in. Why do we stand when the priest comes in? It's, it's very interesting. Usually when you have a wedding, um, people don't stand till the bride comes in, right? And the priest comes in and nobody's standing. It's the only time I can think of when that happens. But Uh, You're not honoring me, you're honoring Christ, whom I represent for this hour, unworthy that I am. That's why I wear this chasuble. I normally don't ever wear it outside in the parking lot. I actually did this morning. We had a a 50th wedding anniversary. Mike and Rosemary Jesperson uh, asked me to re-bless them after 50 years of marriage. And we all, everybody renewed their vows. It was very cool. And and so uh, I had to run over to the hall in my chasuble, but it's very unusual. Because when I'm wearing this, I represent Christ. That's the whole point of my wearing it. And when we come in, we hold the Word of God up, and the the lector does not bow to the altar, because this, not the book itself we're honoring, but the fact that that this is the Word of God. That's one of the titles of Jesus Christ. Uh, This is the Word of God. This is our Word of life. This is the one thing that's going to survive for all eternity until every word is fulfilled. And this is our instruction manual for life in the church that, Helps us to understand it. Uh, it's so important that we stand to greet it, and it comes in. And then this is the first procession. The second one is the procession uh, of the of the uh, at the gospel procession. And notice the two form a cross across the across the sanctuary. The third procession is the offertory, and again this is a solemn walk forward in which uh, we're bringing ourselves forward and our own offerings to God, the bread and wine, humble that it is, that Christ will enter like a human body. And then we have the, uh, our own gifts that we've given, our, our tithes. The fourth procession is, the, is communion. We don't come up like we're boarding an airplane, you know, for like PDX or something, but rather we are coming to receive Jesus Christ. And so we have a little uh, moment of reverence before we receive him, whether we bow or genuflect, a few people do that, or make sign of the cross, we, whatever we're going to do, just to remind ourselves that I'm really in the presence of God here, um, in both the community and in the sacrament and in the Word of God. Uh, the final procession is the one out the door, and I am the priest is supposed to be the first one out the door normally, uh, just FYI. Uh, <laughs> I do think on the last day, all of us who've gone to Mass regularly, Um, you know, we're all going to have special graces in heaven, but some people are going to have a lot more gold, and they're going to sit and say, how did you get that? Well, he was passing it out after the priest left. So anyway, just keep that in mind. (laughs) Don't say you weren't warned. It's the little things that count. Um, When we come to the altar, the altar is very interesting. Uh, In the old church, the two matched as close as possible. The altar was smaller the ambo was bigger that was something after vatican ii many churches were trying to to show the the equality of the two halves of the mass in the actual elements up here that didn't work too well i'm very glad to have a larger altar before vatican ii the one at saint joe's is a huge altar you know and then we went to real small altars and now we're back to something medium-sized which i think is just right it's nice to have a larger altar the altar is a place where heaven and earth connect And when you think about it life is like that jesus is hidden it's like, a, it's, like a, um, it's like that old game, you know, where's Waldo if you were young and you try to find this whole thing. It's like, where's... Nobody knows what I'm talking about, do they? Uh, uh, it's like Jesus is hidden all over the place. But if we are listening, we're going to get food for the journey. Some of us may want to, like Elijah, lay down on the ground and say, take me now, Lord, I've had enough. And the Lord gives us food from heaven, his word to nourish us. If we're listening... Notice how Saint Paul mentions the sacrifice of Christ. That's what the the Mass is—both a sacred meal and Christ's own sacrifice. It's the same one from two thousand years ago. There is only one Mass, and it was at the Last Supper. We are all at that same thing, no matter where we are in space and time. And so, this one sacrifice, we unite. We have a chance to unite our sacrifices. Uh, what's in our hearts? What we offer to God our time, our patience. Last night we had somebody pass out back here, actually cracked the pew on the way down, if you can believe that. It's like first dent in a new car. And, uh, and, you know, but people here were very patient with that. That was their sacrifice to God, that they kept their attention on Jesus and didn't focus on this person that needed help. This was God. And I was watching too, but I realized that they were taking care of that. That was our sacrifice. What's God offering? You see, when we come into Mass, the church, it's very interesting. There's a direct line here. The bishop, when he came, he he came when we were building the church, right the week before the arches went up, he and a bunch of priests were here. And he said, he said, Father, since it's not built yet, there's two things I'm going to require of you. You know what I was thinking? How much is this going to cost? (laughs) And he said, I want a crucifix behind the altar and I want the tabernacle in the center. And I said, I've got your back, Archbishop. We have both of those things already. So it was good, you know. We didn't have to worry about that. But when you come in, you have the baptismal font in the entrance. That's the, baptism is the entrance into the church. And so each little holy water font is a little baptismal font. And we remind ourselves of our baptism. That's why we do this. That's the whole point of the sign of the cross. We come in down the aisle. We process in. Ourselves, we're coming into a sacred space. This is a place between heaven and earth. Whether, however humble or beautiful or hot, if you're up on the balcony, it may be, uh, it is Christ's own home that He invites us to, and we take Him home with us, within us, in what we heard and how we were fed, whether spiritually or physically. We make that procession forward. We're in this place between heaven and earth, and the altar is part of that. The ambo where the word of God is preached is part of that. And in some churches, there are two ambos. One is for the announcements and one is only for the word of God. We actually have a space for that if somebody wants to put one in someday. Notice how we, we tried to cover the bases here. It's theology. Um, we also speak in sacred language here. And uh, when I say, the Lord be with you, three years ago you would have said, and also with you. But actually, when you say, and with your spirit, that's what most of the world was always saying. Only in the French and the English did we say this, and with you. When you say, and with your spirit, you're not acknowledging me, you're acknowledging Christ, his spirit is here. uh, That I'm supposed to be carrying Christ's spirit in this hour that we are praying together. And uh, I'm not entertaining you here, instead we are praying together. At one time the Mass was, was celebrated with the priest. In this direction he didn 't have his back to the people; he was praying with the people. You see, it was these days we 're turned around, very grateful for that, but we 're still praying together and you know when I was young, talk about this next week i 'm going to stop then, I prayed all the Eucharistic prayers along with the priest, except the consecration and so when I was ordained, I had them all memorized because i 'd been, I'd been praying along with them, and I invite you to do that. make the prayers your own each week, I choose a different one. I try to rotate them. I'm using Eucharistic Prayer One today. Sometimes I'll use the ones for special needs and occasions, or the reconciliation ones. And each one has its own special character and beauty. Uh, Eucharistic Prayer One was said for over 1,600 years. And so, anyway, we, the Lord invites us to His sacred meal and His sacrifice. We too, just like that 50th wedding anniversary, you know, my, when my grandparents had their 50th. It was the only time our family ever all got together, and I I think it's just like heaven, you know? A sacred meal, that's what Thanksgiving is. That's what uh, the Mass is. And it's also an invitation into the very sacrifice of Christ. And it's a great thing to sacrifice yourself for somebody. Uh, We haven't lived unless we've sacrificed ourselves for someone we love. All of us get that chance at least once in our lives. Christ invites us to sacrifice ourselves for Him. And so we pray that we will be up to the occasion when He offers it to us, the small ways each week and at Mass, and the large ways that we have throughout our lives. We ask Christ to make it clear to us who it is that is here speaking, who we receive, and whom we are representing when we go back out into the world.